Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Instead, we got our special guest, or not special guest, our special host, Anthony. He's returning. Back. He's back. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back. Oh, he's back. Uh, we are we are back, and and we are back for what an episode. What an episode that that you end up coming back to. Oh, I know, man. I'm super, yeah. super excited to talk to this guest, man. Uh, we're, we have a guest coming up in a few minutes that is going to be uh, fantastic. When we talk about, like, this is the podcast, this is the one episode where I am the outcast, where I'm the one that, <laughs> it, to a certain extent, doesn't fit in. Uh, yeah. Because I'm not from Delaware. I don't have all the history that that all of you guys have. So, um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. But before that, so... Duane and I um, got to be a part of a virtual AGM, so an annual general meeting this week for the UWS league that we are going to be a part of uh, this summer with the women's team. Duane, did you did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot. Um, they did a good job presenting everything over two days, really quick time period, and just presenting everything that to what to expect from the league, like down to the soccer ball, down to the other teams and the conferences and both leagues and kind of what their expectations are for the league for the future. And it's pretty exciting. Absolutely. I'm so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to obviously being, being there over the summer and, and being a part of this group. But at the same time, I'm looking forward to the future of what this potentially could, could be for, for Delaware and for this team, for the Delaware union diamonds. Um, when we're looking at where, where this first year, we're going to be in league two. Um, but you know, the, there was an announcement that happened last week where UWS and NISA, which is the national independent soccer association have partnered up, um, with the goal of creating a women's league, a women's professional league under the UWS, um, UWS and UWS league two will still exist, which is, which is exciting. Um, but they're looking to create a professional league which to me is, is awesome to have the second professional league in this country is going to be, it's going to be amazing. What I also really like about it is the fact that they have flat out from the beginning have stated that they're not in any sort of way trying to compete with NWSL. The NWSL will, will continue to, to stay there um, and serve its purpose. The problem is, is that the NWSL has 11 or 12 teams. Um, and that's, you're talking 330 players. Probably, really, you're talking 330 players out of how many that play in college or how many that are have been out of college for a few years um, that now you've just added another opportunity for them to be able to play. Yeah. I mean, that's what you look at what UWS is doing now, right? They're just trying to broaden and they want to expand to more teams and just reach out to as many players as possible. It's awesome. It's going to be pretty cool, like, for the future. Absolutely. Uh, In other news, our recreational program has been fully, uh, registrations fully underway. Uh, Looking forward to to another great recreational season. Anthony, we're looking forward to the discovery program. Uh, Lila's been asking, anytime I see see soccer on the TV, she's asking if uh, if we're going to be able to go to soccer at any point and see Coach Anthony. Uh, and coach Tara, so the, so they're she's looking forward to it. Um, I I know that I can uh, be a fan favorite, you know, but um, now we're we're super excited to uh, kind of get everything back and going. Hopefully, with more people getting vaccinated, uh, the governor just opened things up a little bit more. So hopefully, we can really grow and and get the discovery program to the numbers that we want it to get to. And all of the rec, you know, we we with a lot of people, you know, kind of probably erring on the side of caution in the fall and not signing up. And we weren't, you know, at the numbers we typically are. Um, but we're excited to get back out there and, and have registration start and, and just try to look to get to um, have as many people as possible in the Middletown area kind of enjoy our new features with the discovery program and, and our new designs with uh, the rest of the league. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And then this past uh, Saturday, we did a little play day uh, at Silver Lake with the girls, and then Dwayne's Dwayne's team was out there. 
Um, and it was really fun for for my two teams for my 2010s and 2008s. I uh, I picked two team captains for each team and uh, assigned the teams. I picked the captains not based on who in general are the the leaders of the team or the the outspoken players or the captains of the teams. I picked who normally doesn't get an opportunity to really speak up, but always looks for an opportunity to speak up. So I gave them the captain role and I said, here's your team. You figure out how you want to play. Um, You can play however you want to. You're playing 5v5 or 6v6 and off you go. You can sub at this time. You can sub at this time. What was really interesting was for the 2008s, the captains of the teams didn't put themselves in the starting lineup which I thought was interesting because, and I asked both of them and they're like, well, by the time we, we put everybody on the field, we realized there wasn't any spots for ourselves. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting to look at that dynamic, how that works. Um, and, and doing that at this age is awesome. That's something that I do with the Middletown boys and, and uh, St. Mark's girls as well. Look for the person who maybe needs to break out of their shell a little bit, or look for the person who maybe wants to find more confidence on the field, and give them the power to do what they want. It that that's an activity that doesn't just work at a young age; it, it works at oh, the, for sure as long as you get further up there into high school. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was fun, and I and I told them I said, "Listen, I'm just here to watch you play. I'm not here to necessarily coach. I might give a, a a thing here and there, but for the most part, I'm I'm just literally." here to watch you play and you guys just have to take an hour just to play be kids which is what they're looking for right they're just want to be able to play soccer wow which is which is good so so that was that was really exciting so i'm looking forward to being back out there tomorrow um and now we are doing cross team scrimmages so we're playing against other age groups which is going to be fun for a lot of those teams awesome so our we we are going up to Hokesson to play our little four v four tomorrow. That's right. Uh, provided provided that the snow gets off the turf. Hopefully, it's pretty nice out there today. We're we're hoping that uh, and it rained this morning, so maybe it, that helped. Too. Right. We're we're hoping it'll melt away. But yeah, we're looking forward. We're doing pretty much the same ideas as you guys have with the girls, except we're just taking the four v four and splitting them up, and then having them play just a different club. So at least they're getting different competitions. So that's good. It's gonna be really fun. So as I mentioned before, with this guest that we're having today, uh, this is one of the, f- the few times in the podcast where I feel completely, uh, to a certain extent, as the person that that is li- the least experienced with this person, even though I've known him for, for like five years and, and every time we see each other, we, we have a good time. But Anthony and Dwayne have way more history uh, with our guest. Uh, and our guest is probably... Uh, you know, Delaware, I always talk about it with anybody that, that asked me, how's Delaware or what's Delaware like? And I say, Delaware is like living in a very big, small town because everybody knows everybody. So if you were to mention the name Lance Berry uh, in most, most or probably every soccer circle in Delaware, everybody knows who Lance is. Everybody knows the Berry name. Uh, so Lance Berry is our guest today. Lance Berry, how are you? I'm good, man. But yeah, it's more so my dad. <laughs> that that kind of got the the name, uh, the Barry name, and he kind of carried that through coaching and, and his and his coaching career and all that. Um, but I'm good, man. You know, just glad to be here. Excited to talk some soccer, especially Delaware soccer. It's always a fun time for me, um, being that I grew up and played in Delaware. So um, ready to have some fun. Yeah. So Lance is the Careville Academy boys and girls soccer coach. Uh, you start. You took that role last year. Um, Correct. And unfortunately didn't get to have a, your girls, your first girl season yet. Uh, so that's coming up in a month or less than a month. We're, we're basically counting down days. Um, so in general, how was the, how was the, the, your second boy season last year and, and how'd that go? So boy season was good. Um, we're extremely young. We're still going through that kind of rebuild process. Um, Cause the year before I came, they graduated, I think it was 13 seniors. Um, so we're really just trying to get through that rebuild and have everyone kind of grow together as a group, kind of set the tradition um, that we, we want to set there. Um, we had well, three eighth graders starting in the um, playoff tournament in the playoff game that we had and um, only played one senior and one junior. So uh, the future looks bright, um, but this year it was good. Uh, the, the boys got to battle. Um, we had one of the toughest schedules in the state, so they got to see where they need to be. Um, 
unfortunately lost to, to Teddy twice in a row now. So got to make sure I get him next year, but um, <laughs> we're just young. They're all learning. Um, my thing is I just want them to be the hardest working team out there. Lance, when you talk about a young team, I think you got a young ex Delaware union player on that uh, starting group, That's right? Right. Uh, which one? Which one of the eighth graders is that? Finn? Finn. Finn, absolutely. Finn Lum, yep. He is a baller, man. I mean, when you talk about um, a kid's commitment level, you, you can't find something better than Finn, to be fair. Um, he runs when we're doing fitness, which a lot of kids nowadays hate. He is always at the top. Um, I want to say he ran a 5-10 mile this fall. Um, so he's extremely fit. Um, he's a guy that was really solidified for us um right from the jump it's kind of as a as an eighth grader they they want to make sure they show the respect to the older guys and don't step on toes and all that but when, when you got the quality of Finn, it was kind of hey you're getting thrown into the wolves and deal with it or whine about it but he, he never he never had any issues um he's a guy that played about 85 percent of the time for us 90 percent of the time never injured and, and never really complained and and finn is uh Speaking of Finn, I was I was glad Anthony brought him up because uh, we talked about we talked about Galena, Maryland last week, and I forgot to mention this to you, Dwayne. Uh, Finn Finn uh, sent us a message on on uh, on Instagram saying, "Oh, way to go, shouting out Galena, Maryland." Uh, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. So I'm glad because we know he listens to the podcast, so that's going to be really exciting. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so. You know, as you as you look into as you look into March first, uh, which is the date that's circled on my calendar. I know on Anthony's calendar it's circled, and and obviously on Lance's calendar it's circled. Uh, what what does March first look like? How how are you, how excited are you for the girl season this year to be your first girl season officially? Uh, I'm excited. So last year we had some numbers issues, so we were kind of figuring out if we were going to get enough for a JV or um, if we were just going to have a varsity. Uh, this year, it's looking like our numbers are a bit better, which is nice. Um, so that really day one is just, hey, everyone has their physicals in. Um, introduce the coaching staff, introduce the captains, um, get a little bit of fitness in, and then try, try and evaluate talent talent, and see who belongs with that first group and who doesn't. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what the, what the first day or so looks like um, for me, at least. How are you guys looking on the caramel front this year? Huh? Uh, we'll be pretty good. I'm uh, – I'm pretty excited. I, I I wish that I was able to play against uh, St. Mark's. I hear they got some good talent coming in and a, and our exceptional coaching staff. I hear that they're <laughs> average. The assistant's um, average. The assistant's yeah, average. Yeah, the assistant's average. Swayze's, Swayze's the, is, is, the, is the real one. So, um, But, not. Nah, I mean, we're, we're looking pretty good. Um, we're looking young. Uh, we have some, some older talent with Caitlin St. Ledger and Gabby Marte, um, both D1 commits. Uh, Caitlin going to the University of Delaware and Gabby going to the University of Hofstra or Hofstra University, um, which is pretty cool because we have a few eighth graders coming up um, that we'll be able to learn from them and, and kind of see their ways. And I'm hoping that they can lead lead these young younger girls into uh, good habits and and good stuff off the field and, and that work ethic when you're at training. And I think that's the that's the key, right? And I like I, as I've mentioned, I've I've gone to interact with Lance over the last five years in a bunch of different things we've coached together. We've, we've worked camps together. Um, and I think that's one of the the driving qualities and you've mentioned it, right? Your, your goal is to be the hardest working team. Um, and I think that, I think that exemplifies you as a person in general. Um, uh, I think it's just hard work is and, and work ethic is, is a big part of what you stand for as a coach, right? Yeah. I mean, that's my thing. If one thing that I always try and, and do is make sure that they're, they're, they're working in the session, um, whether it's a recovery session, whether it's a day before a game session, whether it's just a regular session, they, they got to get the work in. Um, and it, it's really important that they take all of their focus and focus on their session, right? Instead of, all right, let's talk about so-and-so what happened in school today um my thing is i give them the good 15 20 minutes of warm-up hey that's your gossip time you can talk about stuff that happened at school um stuff that happened outside of school um but once we start our session and get into the heart of it that, that's when you guys have got to make sure that you're on, on point and, and staying focused which is a lot different when you uh when you examine girls coaching girls at the high school level versus coaching Absolutely. boys right 
Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a huge difference. Um, not, 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 not taking anything away from the girls, but, um, they definitely like to, to, to chat a bit more. Um, I'm not saying I, yeah, I wouldn't say gossip. I I would say just chat. Like they, they enjoy each other. Yeah. They enjoy each other's company. They, they love to talk and, um, which is kind of, I like it coaching both because you get the boys, you kind of just yell at and then they, they kind of shut up. The girls, you, you you get on them a bit, and they'll they'll keep talking, and then they, it reminds you, all right, relax a little bit, coach. Like, let them have some fun while they're out here, and let them have some fun with their friends. Well, I think the I think that's that's a big part of of having a good relationship with your coach is knowing when you can socialize and when you can't. And I think, you know, for for Lance, for you, for being a <clears throat> in comparison to some of the other coaches in in the state of Delaware, you're on the younger you're on the younger side of of the the head coaches in the state. Um, so to be able to, to have that experience, not only that, I mean, so now you've, and the cool thing is, and so you're now you're at Caravel um, and we'll talk about your history with Caravel in a second, but you got to, in the fall, you got to go and watch the division one state championship. Uh, and you got to watch a program that you were a part of for, for years. Um, take down, take down a, a, a really tough opponent that hadn't been taken out in quite some time. So what was it like to, to have watched a group of players that you, you knew the majority of them and you had coached a lot of them with, uh, with coach bear. Um, it was great. I mean, I was trying to get to every playoff game that they played. Um, especially cause this, this senior class was freshman. I got them for freshman and sophomore year. Um, so I kind of grew close with them and, um, enjoyed it. But I mean, you got to tip your hat off to Mosier and what he's done over there at Sally's, um, with, 10, 10 straight and, and continue to be dominant. Um, he's a, he's a nationally recognized, um, program and he's definitely the blueprint for what I would like to do with Caraba. Um, obviously it might be a little bit more difficult, but again, Sally has that tradition. That's kind of what I want to build around is, is, is building a tradition and, and building, um, make it, make it special to play for, for a Caraba. Like you talk to these Sally's guys who have graduated and it's always, uh, I enjoyed I love Sally's go Sally's and then um, cause they always find success. Um, but again, this fall, it was, it was, it was good to kind of, it was good for the state of Delaware to see uh, Apple take them down. Uh, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think oh, anytime we can have, you can find good competition. I think it's a, it's a good thing. Right. Correct. And um, it was, it was, a, it was a hell of a game um, to be fair. Uh, great to watch. Uh, not as many chances as you'd like to see, but, as a, as a coaching aspect, you saw, I, I went to the Sally's Apo season game where Apo beat Sally's three nil. Um, and I, I was, I was curious on my way down to see how Mosier was going to adjust and see how bear was going to adjust to certain things. Um, and as you know, Mosier had a, a had a great game, game plan going in, um, kind of give them the ball on their end and, and send in a bit and then counter. And, and he was creating chances. And then you, you had bear who, picked up an in, a, a key injury with Tucker going down and then Keegan going down uh, in the game. So they, they had to adjust even going down a man, uh, getting that red card early in, early in the second half, how, seeing how they would adjust and, and what players would go where. Um, it was definitely fun to, fun to watch. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about Caraville and some of the things that you've gotten to do over the last uh, two years, two years there, a year and a half and going into your second year now. So one of the cool things is you've, I feel like you've increased the social media presence for the program. For sure. Uh, how, how has that been a part of it? Um, so I was in charge when I was at Apple, I was in charge of the social media part and um, being a younger coach and, and Teddy can kind of uh, attest to this. The kids love to see that stuff on social media. They love to post it to their story. They love to repost it. Um, they love the clout is what you call it. Um, and you'll hear them talking about it. Like you, I'll post a game day post or something. And then they come into the training room like, Oh, yo, look at, look at, look at miles. Hood, who's on the, who's on the, the picture. Look at Michael cook. Who's on the picture. Look at Finn. That's a, that's a really cool, cool graphic, something like that. So, um, kind of also, uh, get you some exposure for your, for your, uh, your program. Um, and again, when I was a player, I loved it. When, when Wilmington would post something about me, I was like, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, but, um, at the end of the day, it, it, the players do like it and they, they, um, 
it definitely does help you grow grow your brand for for your club for your so, program so give us give us the give us the social media handles for caravel so we can get all the listeners to go out there and, and follow your program um the men's i have so many that i'm in charge of so the men's <laughs> is let me pull it up i don't know it off the top um caravel soccer um very simple um and then the girls is caravel underscore w soccer perfect um and for the girls one, I had the pleasure of sharing that with Colin Brack in my uh, first year. And that was a, a good time. We were talking about the pressers and the social media stuff. Um, so it was, it was a good time. I'm sure. <laughs> See, this is, this is just fun. This is just a fun <laughs> conversation. It's almost like we're just out the field talking. Even Sebastian yeah, right? for Odessa, right? He's over here taking notes. He's like, oh, I, I'm, I am, I am absolutely taking notes for Odessa. Uh, I need to I need to find me an assistant coach that will do the social media for me. Before they yeah. read all those lines, he's trying to get some players in there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to spell clout. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out if that's with a nature without an age. And <laughs> that's uh, awesome. So uh so what is it like to to coach at the school where you went to as a player yeah. and you won a, and you won a, a state championship with? Uh, it's good. I mean, um, for anyone that knew me, uh, knew younger Lance, uh, definitely grown up a bit throughout the years. Um, and it's, it, it's been good to, uh, to kind of walk around the school and everyone, the teachers kind of look at me like, he's back. Like what's going on with that? And then, and then I have a conversation with them and they're like, Oh, he's, he's kind of grown up a bit. Um, a ton actually, if you ask me, <laughs> but, um, no, I enjoy it. It's, it's, I get to see some familiar faces. Um, Few few teachers that were my favorite teachers are still there. Um, it's good to interact with them um, and, and constantly being able to catch up with them. So I enjoy it. it, it it's great. I'll tell you, with, with me at St. Mark's, some of the same jokes that you had with your teachers, or whether you were viewed as as villains or whatever, it's they still remember those same those same conversations. So for any of the high schoolers listening out there, for sure cherish those moments because your teachers do too. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And one of the things that I enjoy talking about is, oh, hey, how social studies with the kids? And they'll say, oh, it's um, Miss Mack or Miss Valentine. And I was like, Phew, good luck with Miss Valentine. She's going to she's going to be a tough teacher. And then we can kind of I can kind of relate to them on that level as well with all, all the same teachers they have. And if anyone ever got to give a shout out to Doc Francisco, uh, my favorite teacher at Carol. She's been there since I was there, since my brother was there. Um and if anyone ever gives her trouble, my boys know that they're they're in some trouble. So. <laughs> that's good to have, but that's a that's a good relationship because that that means that you have a good relationship with the school. Um, and ultimately, I think the players again, you're developing you're developing a brand, and you're developing a following. Caravel is one of the schools in the in the area that that doesn't necessarily have a feeder system outside of their own feeder system, right? So, um, so like I live legitimately, I I, I think I could throw a ball. And, and hit the Caravel field uh, from where I live. So, um, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's about being around the community, you know, like anytime I drive by and practice time or something like that. And I see kids out there, it's always just fun to just drive by. And, and ultimately mm-hmm. I wish at some point, you know, restrictions get lifted and everything else and get to get to watch a game, you know, a seven o'clock Friday night or something like that, just go out and, and go watch a soccer game five minutes away from my house. And that's, that's always fun. Cause that's, that's yeah. what that's I mean that's that's just a fun part of the, the sport, you know. You just get to support your local your local your local team or your local school and, and get to get to show support, you know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Anthony lives closer to Caraval than he does St. Mark's in Middletown. So hopefully he supports his local high school as well. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. Something about <laughs> something about Caravel Stadium, man. That that's oh, one yeah. of the that's one of the best best stadiums to play in for a night game mm-hmm. in, in the entire state. It going obviously things are a little bit different in terms of the way high school soccer is kind of viewed by um you know its peers and stuff. So there's not as many fans as there used to be. But I know in in when Dwayne you played, Lance when you played, when I played, like that that was one of the stadiums that got packed and it was loud and it was fierce. Um, one it's of the coolest. Soccer, it's uh, like a soccer stadium. Yeah, it, it's it's you know, one of the like coolest the stadiums in the state. Yeah, I was gonna say, Dwayne, didn't you play there junior year, or was it 
sophomore year in the playoffs? We played you guys. We played you guys in the regular season, maybe my junior year, and then we played a playoff game there. And it was, yeah, so I was gonna say against Archmere or something like that. Played against Tatnell. Tatnell. Okay, that's what it was. Um, that's upset. Yeah. Upset season. Our uh, 2007 state final against Sally's was played at Caravel and it was packed and all people standing all around the fences. I mean, it was like, I was literally like shaking at the start of that game from being nervous, seeing all the things you're like looking up, you're like, Holy mackerel, you know, not an empty seat in the place. It was a cool, cool environment. Um, Anthony, I'm not sure if you were on staff at the time, but it was, I think it was 2011 when, St. Mark's yeah, played St. Sally. Mark's Sally's. Yep, that was my first year. Another cool and environment. That man. environment was crazy to to, to be yeah. in. I was, I had buddies on the Sally's teams. I had buddies on the St. Mark's teams. I was close with the St. Mark's guys. Um, so I sat with St. Mark's, but I was able to walk around a bit and just, I mean, like you said, Sebastian, we hope these restrictions are lifted because at these tournament games, you see people who you don't see on a regular basis, and, and it's always great to catch up with whoever it is, right? Um, and even if they're not even playing or in the game. People want to go watch good quality soccer from Delaware because Delaware is a state um, I feel at the club level that is extremely slept on. Um, we have we produce ballers from Delaware. Um, unfortunately, they don't get the exposure that they need. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. But, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I'm hoping that these restrictions get lifted a bit. So you can start to see guys like I said, you haven't seen in, in, in months and you don't see on a regular basis. No, for sure. And in. I think it's that's interesting. I got to watch uh, Middletown Apo on the girls' side the year that uh, that that Middletown won. I got to watch the semifinal. I think it was mm-hmm. I, I, at Caraville. I got to watch that. It was like a, a late game winner or an overtime or something like that. It was. Um, was that when Alyssa Porch? Oh, she was injured. Was Alyssa was injured by that the, point? Yeah, she had off, just yeah. she had just torn his her ACL uh, mm-hmm. right before that game. So it, it, again, I think those are. That's the fun part, right? Those are the memories that you get. Those are the memories that you get in this state, which are which are really cool. Um, so, you know, what's it what's it like to to now be in a program where a so we just talked about it. You played in it. Not only that, your 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 dad established an entire legacy in yeah. that program. How to to a certain extent, being the next Barry as a head coach uh, there, what, what's that, what's that like, or what's that conversation like in general? Um, it's good. You know, my dad is now actually at Sussex Academy um, yep. coaching with coaching with one of my good friends, RJ um, down there and he's enjoying it. Um, I, I tried to get him to be an assistant for me, but I guess he wanted to, he was just cool being RJ's assistant versus mine, but um, no, it's good. Um, it, I, I try and pick my dad's brain a bit about a few things that um, you want to do at Caravel and, and try and stay on the right path at Caravel. Um, but again, it, I, I, I'd like to try and my dad is an absolute legend, but I'm trying to, to build something bigger than what he did at Caravel. Um, and he did, he did a lot for the school and a lot for the program. But um, again, I'm trying to be bigger and better than what he did. No offense, Pops. Listen, that's in that isn't that the isn't that the and I had this conversation with uh with again bring it back to Delaware. I had a, this conversation with Derrickson um last week on the field about how one of the teams that we're coaching right now is we feel like is from a tactical perspective um smarter than than the team we had two years before. Um, and the team we had two years before was smarter than the team from two years before. So you're always trying to, that's the goal, right? You're trying to make yeah. sure that, you know, my goal as being a, one of the older staff members at Delaware union is to make sure Dwayne is way better as a coach than I am, you know, like that, that's, that is absolutely my goal. Um, you know, Anthony and I can, at some point we'll have to coach against each other and that's just going to be fun. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that, but yeah. I'll tell you, Lance doesn't like you very much when he has to coach against me. So <laughs> I am going to correct. correct no, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you to, if you really want to create something bigger than your father, you got to start getting his little nuggets and sayings down because that he might be one of the wisest <laughs> soccer minds of all time. 
We always said yeah. that we're going to make a book for his soccer phrases. <laughs> he, I, I'll, things that he would tell us before the game, we probably shouldn't have heard, you know, but like you <laughs> still remember now. to this yeah. day. I, I remember he, he took grass one time, threw it up in the air and he goes, Anthony, you know why I did that? I said, so we know which way to go. He goes, no. So when you have to take your pregame pee, you know which way to point so you don't get any stuff on your boots. <laughs> I'll never forget that the rest of my life. Hey, listen, that's a that's a life lesson for any of you out there listening. That's, yeah. that's like soccer Yoda talk right there, man. It is. I mean, he, he, had, he, had, he had stuff like that all the time. I, I'm so grateful for everything. I'm a better coach because of your father. Yeah. You have to yeah. definitely have played cleats because of his father. That's correct. Too. <laughs> That's true. So, so Lance, one of the things that we, we talk about before, or it's a topic of conversation I think happens. And I think we're starting to see a, a bit of a, of a, of a shift be, between the, this idea that high school coaches are just high school coaches and travel coaches are just travel coaches. You're starting to see more of a mix where now you're starting to get to this idea of, of club and travel being you know having having some overlap so what's the relationship like between um you as a high school coach with the player with the with the travel programs that your that your kids are playing in? um it's good um i will say this about delaware soccer um it's it's only this this rule only pertains in delaware um, which I really don't like, and you're not allowed to coach your your, your high school players out of season. Um, right. I know in Jersey they're allowed to do it, Pennsylvania they're allowed to do it. And, and to be fair, I think it hurts the kids a bit, um, just because. Hey, if we're coaching at a club at, at, at the club, why would I not like it's it's my, everyone gets the same 24 hours in a day. Why why am I being punished because I want to better my program, right? Um, and they're saying you can only play for you can only coach from three months out of the year, and that's unfortunately you're. It's just a rule I don't like, and I would like to see it changed. Um, but to, to to go back to your question, um, I, I love it. Like I, I see Finley Lum every Tuesday, Thursday because I'm leaving my club practice and he's going to his. Right, so I'll be like, hey, Finn, how's school today? One of those things, or or or, or with Miles, or with with Mikey Cook and. And Liam Boland, I get to see these guys on a consistent basis, um, not in season, right? So with your typical high school coach, they coach for three months, and then you don't really see each other for eight, right? Right, Eight or nine months. Um, and, and which, again, I think hurts the kids. But again, it, it's good to see that players are on the ball 12 months out of the year. Right. Um, because that's where you're going to build your program and that's where you're going to f- find success is when players are constantly on a ball. And that's what I, I try and tell the kids when I have my individual meetings at the end. Um, hey, you got to get on a club team because that's how you're going to maximize your potential. You're not going to get much better playing three months of the year and then, oh, I'm done. And I'm not saying don't go play other sports. I think I think creating an athlete and playing other sports is great, but at the end of the day, if you want to further your soccer potential, my thing is they need to be playing 12 months out of the year. Yeah. And I think whatever it is. Well, no. And I think, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think that that talks about this idea of this, this relationship that, that develops. And we, we had to do it. uh, Wasn't last year because of COVID stuff, but the year before we, we emailed all the, all the high school coaches when we had a, we had a showcase or some, we had a late showcase in March or something like that. And we emailed all the high school coaches and we're like, Hey, like, just a heads up, like we're doing this. We hope that you can, you know, and, and it was an individual email to each coach and going like, Hey, you have this player and this player. Like I'm hoping that, and for some of them, I already knew, which, which helped and, and you know, emailing, emailing Derrickson uh, at that time when he was still, when he was still on the girl's side uh, was kind of funny considering him and I had yeah. that conversation, but I wanted to make sure that that relationship, whether we coached at the same club or not was, was different. That was me showing him the respect that he deserved as a girls soccer coach at Middletown at the time. Um, and, you know, emailing, emailing, um, the, the coach at DMA or emailing, uh, down, downstate to river. So it's, you have to, I feel like there's a level of respect and I feel like at times, you know, at first I, when I first got here, 
I was told that there was a difference between high school soccer and travel soccer and the coaches don't really like each other and all that stuff. And as I dove deeper into it, I'm just like, I think it's just a matter of just breaking that communication barrier. Yeah. Right. I think it's literally just reaching out and just having a conversation because at the end of the day, we all want what's best for the kids. Right. So I think if we stop this idea of like, well, no, I'm, I'm a better coach for the so-and-so than you are or this and that just, Hey, let's work together to make sure the kid just gets better as a player. I think, I think that's where, I think that's where it stems from. Uh, Lance, you get to coach at both levels at a high level for each side, both on travel and high school. Um, I think the coaches that only coach travel at a high level think that high school is useless. The coaches that only coach high school at a high level thinks that travel is useless. So they don't understand why high school is so important and just why, why travel is so important. So unless you do both at a high level, it's difficult for you to understand. And I think that's where the communication comes from because they're both very, very important. Correct. Correct. You also got to look at it. Like where you say, like you look at the development of the kid, you know, the travel coaches around the kid a lot longer and you know, well, the travel side, you're going to go to these bigger tournaments and do different things Mm -hmm. and develop these relationships over here. But you're also like in high school says you go to school with these kids, right? Like these are kids you're going up with for four years. You see them every day. You have class with them. You go to parties. You're doing all that stuff. That three months you're getting that development too. So you're kind of like you know aiding the whole kid, and they just don't see that, right? They're fighting over who's doing it better, right? Absolutely, and that's that's one of the issues I think that there is some 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 troubles with high school soccer. Is like I like high school coaches will go tell their players you're not allowed to go to club training you're not allowed to go to you're not allowed to go to this tournament or this game or something because we have practice or something um what i do with my group is hey as long as you're getting you're getting touches on the ball and and you're training um now if it comes to be a a regular thing where you're missing training sessions or missing games then we're gonna have to talk about the future with the program with you and the program but at the end of the day if they're missing a practice every two weeks or something for a, a, a travel tournament, then by all means, go ahead. You're playing against probably majority of the time, better competition. Um, and you're still getting good, good, uh, good training sessions in. So that's, that's one of my things that I think I would like to see a little bit of an adjustment out of uh, with high school coaches. But um, at the end of the day, they're always, it, it's going to be hard to break that barrier. Like Teddy said, because it's, Oh, I coach my team at a high level from high school. They don't, I don't need club or, Oh, my club team's really, really good. They don't need high school. They can just train with club. And, and that's one of the issues that I think that I would like to, to see um, uh, improved on a bit. Um, but again, I'm a young coach. I don't, I don't know everything. I'm just trying to. Well, no, to but I think, as I go. no, I mean, I think you bring up a good point. And I think one of the, and I think you hit on, you hit on probably the most important part, which was, the dialogue with the player, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. I think if because, and that's funny, right? We we tell one of the one of the biggest things that we say as coaches is to communicate, right? On the field, off the field, communication is one of the biggest things we talk about. All of us as coaches, all the time, but we don't do that with each other, right? <laughs> it, we don't we don't talk to each other, right? We don't we 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 want to say we want the kids to be responsible, but we don't want to, um. Be, be an advocate or be an ambassador for, for these kids at times because we're afraid of what the answer is going to be or we're just afraid of having the conversation. And I think part of it is the responsibility of the players, right? So it's not just the idea of like, well, you can't go to club practice. Just tell me, just have a community, have, because that's going to teach that player, whether that can, that player continues to play soccer for the rest of his life or not, that player is going to have a sense of responsibility at a young age, especially if you can teach, you have the, you have the ability to, to, to have eighth graders. So let's just say Finn, for example, you're going to teach Finn a life skill from a, from a responsibility perspective. That's going to be important for him to have Yeah, you know, th- this idea of communication and, and being honest with people and, and, and things like that, which I think are critical for this younger generation that avoids one-on-one conversations as much as they can. Well, absolutely. And I, I think that, um, one of the things to all the younger kids out there and, and freshmen and sophomores in high school, um, your coaches want to hear from you. They don't want to hear from mommy and daddy because 
at the end of the day, your coaches are trying to prepare you for the college level. And at the college level, if a college coach here gets a phone call from mommy or daddy, it's only going to get worse. So, um, and that's one of the things I try and try and harp on a lot. Um, is, hey, just come up, have a conversation with me. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a reasonable guy. Um, and if you, the conversation isn't the way I'd like it to go, then so be it. And it'll, you'll have repercussions for it, but it is what it is. What are you laughing at, Teddy? Well, I mean, I think, but I think, no, but I think, I think you're absolutely right though. And not only that, you've a, no one's going to tell you, well, you don't know what it's like. You legit, you literally went to the same school. Yeah. Right. Uh, So listen, here, here's the reason that I laugh because I have the same philosophy with our players, but when you see yourself on the sideline and you are one of the most demonstrative coaches in the whole entire state, I am right there with you when it comes to getting on somebody and getting in a ref's face. If you're a freshman, how hard do you think it is to come over to you or to come <laughs> over to me and try to say something, right? You it's difficult. It's, hear, yeah, it's difficult. So correct. you got to see it from both Maybe mm-hmm. your sophomore, junior, freshman, I find myself sometimes giving a little because I can understand. You know what? If I sit back, I'd probably be pretty scared of going over and talking talking to that guy too as a freshman. You know, especially yeah. if they're a JV, if they're if they're a JV player and they don't even work with you firsthand. So like you, you yeah. give and you take a little bit. Absolutely. No, that's definitely a huge point. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, I just think I think, but I think, but I, here's the funny part, right? And I've and I've watched, and I've I've obviously I've watched all three of you coach. Um, and Duane is probably the the least uh, vocal of all of us, of all four of us. Duane is yeah. probably the the one that gets least fired up. Um, but at the same time, I also I also know that, and I've seen you interact with players, and I know that Anthony, and I know that Lance, uh, and and Duane as well also have the 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 side where they that that like high energy becomes a super big like positive like cheerful energy as well um and i think that's the part that it's extremely important to know and and sometimes and it's hard right so you know sometimes especially on the high school level parents don't just sit at your practices and watch your practices so sometimes the only interaction they ever have with the coach is watching them on the sideline so all you're yeah. seeing is uh, all you're seeing is somebody sitting on a chair and all of a sudden the chair is no longer there. Um, or, you know, the, the coach started out, co- coach started off with a hat on his head. What happened to his hat? Uh, hats in the parking lot. Um, so, but I think that's that, I think there's, there's definitely a mixture of both things, but I think it, it really only, I think it's moving in the right direction because there are younger high school coaches uh, and there's also younger travel coaches. And I think, the the two worlds are starting to collide more and that can yeah. only be a good thing i think at this point yeah for sure and like you touched on it like the only time that parents really see a coach or don't see that you throughout the throughout the session um they'll see when they're picking up um picking up their child and, and by that time we're probably carol's typically running sprints <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of the session so um and like you said they, they get to see that energy on the sideline um it can be bad. It can be, it can be, it can be bad and it can be uh, good at times. Uh, my thing is to, uh, one, I know that that Teddy said I'm, I'm very vocal and all that. Um, I like to hold people accountable. Um, if I'm doing something wrong, I want to be held accountable. Uh, I, no one's perfect. Um, the, the where I get, um, extremely frustrated and, and start to become more vocal is when an official tell, tells me or someone tells me that my eyes lied to myself. Um, and all I got to say is, hey, they might have seen a different view. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to have my players back and, and try and be what's best for my players. I think that's important. I listen. I've always told my players if I'm going to I've gotten one yellow card as a high school coach uh, before. And it was because a kid wasn't wearing shin guards. And I went up to that player and I said, you're not coming back the rest of the game because if I'm going to get a yellow card, I want to earn it. I don't want to yeah. I don't want this like free freebie of a yellow card because you're not smart enough to put on shin guards. Uh, so from now on, I earn my yellow cards. And the kid's looking at me like, what are you talking about? But yeah. but as a note, we're not even going to get into, why do you even get yellow carded for that? What is that referee's ego that he can't just say, son, go put your shin guards on and allow him back on the oh, field? That's just, that's just the – Okay. That, but that's a, that's a national – But that's, we, that's a whole other that's that's conversation. Right. That's a whole hey, listen, different point, If you want to dive deeper into, at least from a Florida perspective, I don't know if – I don't know if this part ever made it anywhere else, but 
did did you guys because i used to have it as a referee um did you guys have a blue card at any point the blue card and, uh and indoor indoor I, yeah, I, when we were card. younger indoor yeah, yeah oh no, yeah. no 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 this was a high school thing in florida we had to we had a blue card and we it's a i'll talk about it off mic i'll tell you guys about the blue card um uh, <laughs> but the 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 good old blue card but we're talking about high school differences there um all right so lance as we before we start wrapping up here um and make sure everybody goes and, and, and follows Caravel Soccer on, on all social media platforms, men's soccer and or boys' soccer and, and girls' soccer. Uh, Lance does a fantastic job of highlighting his, his players, and I think that's a, it's a positive thing um, in general. I think you should follow every high school team uh, in the state because you should see what they're doing and, and see how they're highlighting these players. Um, so, but, so we this next question stems from Duane. Uh, so we, we started a question as to figure out what other jobs, because we're all soccer coaches and we know that uh, making a life as a soccer coach is very difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. So you always have to do something else. Uh, Duane worked at Holl- Hollister for uh, 48 hours and then quit. Uh, uh, so what other jobs outside of soccer have you had that are interesting? Um. Obviously, the soccer camps and all that—they they all count for yeah. soccer. So, um, I actually currently am um, a special ed educator, um, like Teddy here. We uh, yep. work for the same program, um, so um, I enjoy I enjoy being a teacher. It's just you get good hours, you can coach, you get summers off, you get holidays off. Um, my but <laughs> one of the jobs that I like, Dwayne didn't really like too much. Um, I used to hang in college, uh, drop tile ceilings. And that was getting up early, staying late and constant labor. And I couldn't do it. <laughs> that was that, that was that summer job. They're like, Oh yeah, you can make like 25 yeah. bucks an hour. Yeah. Me. I was making good money, but at the end of the day, I was like, man, this sucks. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I need to, I, I need to finish my degree because I'm not trying, I, I, I just couldn't do it. In my whole life, and you know, and he, but you know what the hardest, the funniest part about this is, like, if somebody were to ask you to get up at like five o'clock in the morning and run a soccer camp or run a soccer practice, <laughs> right there, well, all of us are right yeah. there. We're there four thirty. <laughs> let's go. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, man, yeah, that's, I did that, did that that, for a bit. that's that's one thing I don't think I could. And and my dad would. I think my if I ever had some sort of construction or manual labor job, I think my dad would drive there just to watch me do it for the first hour <laughs> and laugh at me because he knew he probably knows that I wouldn't be able to to do it. Uh, so that's awesome. That's good. Um, yeah. All right. Who are your three favorite soccer players? My three favorite soccer players. Um, number one, Clint Dempsey. Uh, that dude has been ever since I was a young and watching him. I loved everything about his game, about his ego, about his kind of swagger that he carried as a player um, and, and, and kind of how he played his, his playing style. Um, I loved it. So when he kind of hung up the boots, like, I think it was two, three years ago, it was kind of a struggle, especially um, for me hearing that he was going to hang up the boots when he tied Landon Donovan's record of goal scored. I wanted him to get one more and just, just to solidify him as – uh, one of the greatest players to ever play um, in, in an American uniform. Um, secondly, yeah, like I was referee's book. I was I was so frustrated when um, when he retired. I was just like, just just one more goal. That's all I needed. But he, uh, I guess it was it was time for him to 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 hang up the boots. And um, but I, I was I, I enjoyed watching him throughout his career. Um, number two, Kevin De Bruyne, big city fan here. Um, that man is a magician on the ball. Um, his vision is unlike anything a lot of people have ever seen. Um, his ability to strike a ball, left foot, right foot, um, is it, something great to watch. And then kind of, um, I like his work rate off the ball as well. Um, he, he is, People will say he's not as fit as he needs to be, but uh, I'll disagree with that one because he does track back and, and does play that that eight that box to box role really well. Um, he can either play the eight or the ten, even even uh, plays winger at times. Um, but if you if you give that man space, it, it, it's definitely um, 
some trouble. Yeah. And then uh, third, it's 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 tough. Um, it's I, I I thought about it, and it's between Raheem Sterling. Um, well, I enjoy his game a lot, um, and Tim Howard, who is just a, a staple for United United States men's soccer team for for how many years? Um, and I think it was two years ago or a year ago where he he got injured, um, or it was about two two to three years ago he got injured in a game and he had to be subbed off. And you kind of I remember watching it like, oh man, I pray that's not the last time he wear he he, he right. puts on the boots uh, because I mean just a staple for us men's soccer and, and how good he was for his whole career. Great. Um, yeah. well, I know, I know we've definitely talked about both Dwayne and I have definitely talked about, uh, Kevin De Bruyne on the podcast before, uh, because we, we, I, my favorite position on the field is the, the 10. Uh, so anybody mm-hmm. that's creative, anybody that does something different, uh, is always, is always getting, is always to get checking those boxes for me. And for me, yeah. he's a player that I I watch. I, I enjoy putting on a city match just to watch players like that play. You know, for sure. Um, I, I ultimately, saw an interesting saw an interesting stat where uh, he uh, Jesse Lingard has scored more goals than Kevin De Bruyne in the in the Premier League this year. Oh my goodness! Le- leave it to yeah, the, yeah, the United. Leave it to on, the one on, United. On. You one United guy to come in <laughs> and like, start. It took Jesse Lingard how long to score last year though? Listen, don't shoot the messenger. It's just a set that I saw. <laughs> hey, he's right. I mean, he's literally. right. He, I mean, through the run of play, he, he's right. So you got to give him respect there. So uh, like, uh, when, uh, I listen, up, when I bring up the, 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 the fact that uh, it took United, I think it's been eight years since they finished higher in the table in City, and they finally passed them. Like, they were past them for a good bit, and then, boom, they go right downhill again. And now they're in second and, <laughs> and fighting for third. And listen, you see City I'll- at the top. I'll never say one bad thing about Kevin De Bruyne. He's a special player, man. Different. He's yeah, different. He's definitely is. Well, Lance, uh, it has been an absolute blast to have you on the podcast today. Um, it's definitely fun to be able to to be able to catch up with people that you that you've known. Obviously, you you grew up you know more with Anthony and Dwayne, um, but it's it's definitely a time we get to see each other. We saw each other a couple weeks ago. We get to see each other on the field is always fun. I'm looking forward yeah. to hopefully having the possibility to, for the first time ever, coach against you uh, this year. So I'm hoping that that happens and that 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 happens this year. Uh, but you know, we want to wish you the best of luck uh, in your Caraval season. And uh, as you said, it make sure it's it's better than what your dad did, right? Yeah, uh, well, I appreciate that's the that. Goal. Um, appreciate you guys having me on um, from playing with Dwayne my whole youth career, playing against each other. Um, we always had a mutual respect for each other. It was always great. And then um, with Teddy, I mean, we go, he goes way back from when I was barely walking with playing soccer with my brother and um, to be peers with him and, and good friends with him, a guy I can call a good friend now is awesome because I used to look up to him and a lot of guys on that, that uh, predator ro- roster um, when they were, when they were playing at Kirkwood, playing at the YMCA, I, I used to look up to a ton of them. And again, it's great to call Anthony a good friend and, and a good peer. Awesome. I mean, I will say he needs a haircut, um, but yeah, that's for another, another, uh, another for some odd reason, for some odd reason, some of our coaches have decided to uh, let themselves go, uh, from, from a hair perspective. I I'm yeah. trying, I've tried the ones, to, the ones that have it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's, there goes that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Dwayne. <laughs> thanks. Dwayne. Oh, thanks Lance. Man, but yeah. Hey, Thanks a ton for having me, guys. I had a blast. Um, it's it's great to talk Delaware soccer. Um, Absolutely, especially especially with people that care about it. So yeah. Moving on to the FIFA Club World Cup. All right, this is a tournament that I follow a lot because I really look forward to it. I think it's it's an interesting dynamic on how it works. Um, there be some surprises that happen. So I watched the uh, yesterday morning. I watched the Tigres. Uh, from Mexico game against Ulsan uh, Hyundai FC. Uh, so where are, they, where are they from? What uh, <laughs> uh, they're they're from Asia. Okay. Yeah, they they uh, 
I believe the team is from Korea, South Korea. Yep. Korea. Okay. Yeah, they're from South Korea. So the, well, the interesting part is, so the Olsen team started started winning uh, 1-0. And then in the second half, uh, Mr. Andre-Pierre Siniak, uh, the French international who plays at Tigres, has been playing there for a couple of years now, um, scores two goals. VAR goal in this, the, the 45th minute or 50th minute of the first half um, penalty kick gets called might've been the fastest or one of the few, one of the few times that I watched the game be stopped, not, not waiting until the ball goes out of bounds, but the game was stopped to then go and review in VAR. And it might've been one of the fastest VAR reviews I've ever seen. The referee didn't call the penalty kick. It was a handball. The referee didn't call the penalty kick at first, waited for the VAR to call him, stopped the game, went and looked at it, looked at it for less than 30 seconds, boom, went back on the field, penalty kick. He saw it. He was like, hold on, let me make sure I saw this. Yeah. Now, here's what – here is the most interesting part of the FIFA World Club World Cup t- for me, right? And and obviously, we're moving now to the next stage of the club. Uh, we're moving to the semifinals, and Tigres now plays Palmeiras, who – South America, right? Beat Santos in the Libertadores final last week, which might have been one of the most boring Libertadores finals I've ever watched. Uh, neither team wanted to win. Um, ultimately, it was just, yeah, it was terrible. It was a terrible final. Um, and then Bayern plays Al Ali. Um, so there, that'll be the semifinal. Uh, and that's happening tomorrow. Or no, sorry, Sunday's. The Palmeiras Tigres and then Monday uh, is Bayern. So, uh, who's your pick to win the uh, Club World Cup this year? Bayern. Okay. Anybody else think <laughs> differently? Absolutely is- not. But I'll, I'll let me just say this: the most impressive thing of of all of uh, the FIFA Club World Cup is maybe Sebastian's ability to nail how to pronounce everything. I watch because a lot of the games. That's super impressive in itself. I watch the games. I watch the games. That's all it is. Just watching the games. Um, and you just listen. You just listen to constantly. Um, it's also watching the Turkish league. Uh, you know, you, you watch you watch a little Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, now listen. We are now big fans of Fenerbahce in my family, or at least me. Uh, only because Ozil is back to being able to play soccer. So uh, it's a good day when, when Mezu can play. But anyway, so back to my point about the most exciting thing about the FIFA Club World Cup. So what is the role of the fourth official? Or one of the roles that the fourth official plays? Or one of the most important things that the only reason why a fourth official is ever really seen? Subs. Hand- handle the coaches. And as Duane said, the subs, right? <laughs> right. So in the FIFA Club World Cup, they have a guideline because of COVID that they give each team a a sub sign, like the electronic sub sign, in wow. a club in a club like assistant coach or whatever has to come up with the sub and put up their sign while the fourth official stands next to them. Mm-hmm. Now here's my question. That's awesome. Does that fourth official get paid less now than before because half their job Absolutely is... Absolutely not. Probably more. What? That's no, insane. Probably more. It's just sanitation. You don't... You're not, yeah. you're not... That's one of your jobs. You're no longer doing it. I mean... <sighs> language. I, I just... It just thought it was... I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never seen that before. Each, I, each, each club had their own sign. I'm like, I'm looking at this guy with this sign up and I and he's wearing a jacket, and I was like, oh, maybe he's just. And I'm like, wait a minute, the logo on his on his jacket looks very familiar, very similar to the logo on the player that's about to come on from Tigres. Uh, yeah, and so it was. So, do you think uh, you have to take a qualification course to be able to use those things? Oh, those Absolutely. things look complicated. <laughs> they sure do. Those things look super complicated. I've never gotten to. I've been a fourth official once in my life. Uh, and I've never been so bored in a soccer game. And I also got critiqued for not being good enough as a, as a fourth official. <laughs> and my response was, um, in what other setting would I have ever had the opportunity to be a fourth official? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. At, in, our, in our state semifinal game, 
the fourth official had a lot of work to do. No, right? I'm that's, sure. That's that's all that's all I'm, I'm gonna sure. tell you. I am sure. <laughs> all right. Um player of the match. Who do you have, Dwayne? I have Alexander Jackowicz okay. from uh, Southampton. Oh man. <laughs> First start, two minutes in, red card. Oh boy. And it, it was, was as real. it was as red as it could be. And this yeah, guy, no, no, no VAR necessary. No. None at all. No, you're ripping the pocket out and sending him out ASAP. Like, Talk you, about you, starting on the front foot, man. This yeah. guy, like, studs up front foot. Like, yeah, studs up, went in. <laughs> and and the announcers at the time were like, like, what are you thinking in your first start? <laughs> Did you want to get sent off right away? <laughs> He's like, I really didn't want to start. <laughs> I didn't right. want to I, I feel more comfortable coming off the bench. <laughs> I really did want to play today. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> All right, Anthony, who's your player of the match? Uh, my player of the match is uh, uh, Lionel Messi. So earlier this week, he got his 650th goal. And then I think yesterday he got his 300th career assist. Uh, just watching. I know you guys talk about him all the time on this podcast, but he's just we're witnessing greatness. And, you know, it's just it's a pleasure to watch. I'm hoping that I'm I, just based on the past that he played to um, uh, that he played to Griezmann, that Griezmann headed back to Jordi Alba. I'm, I'm hoping that he starts to realize that that's the way he needs to adjust his playing. Because I watched him play against Elche and at one point he had a breakaway and it was just him against going at midfield one V one against the center back. And then he could have gone by himself or somebody. He was, tra- he was a trailing forward or something like that. And he just stopped. He stopped running. He realized he wasn't going to catch up. So he just, he just stopped. And I, and he can't do the same thing he was able to do 10 years ago or 15 years ago. He's not going to be able to, right? So can you adjust the way you play to be able to now play in a different role. You still have probably the best left foot ever or, or close to the best left foot ever. Uh, only second to the great left, the greatest left foot ever. Um, so, so you should be able to, to, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I, I like, I like that, man. I just hope he was easy to adjust. It's an so. impressive comeback for Barcelona too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2-0 down 87 minutes. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. As soon as Ricky Pooch got subbed on, changed the dynamic of the game. Because oh, right Ricky Pooch is a boss. That's just Dude. what it comes down to. <laughs> so he scored like what four goals after he got subbed on? Yeah. Just yeah, changes the game. You, it's Griezmann's been firing this past month too. Yeah. Yeah, he's finally figured it out. Yeah. All right. So my player of the match is uh Alan Ruchel. So Alan Ruchel plays for Chapecoense from Brazil. Uh, Now, Chapecoense is unfortunately famously known. In 2016, their uh, plane crashed, and all but three players survived. Um, And uh, Alan Ruchel still plays for the club. And uh, last week, they were able to uh, win the the Serie B title and move up to the top division in Brazilian soccer. Wow, um, that's awesome. And he was he was able to do that and he was able to be there and play and, and lift the lift the cup. So for me, like that was it was honestly a chilling moment when I read the story and I thought that was um so Alan Rochelle gets uh gets my player of the match this week. That's unreal man. Yeah. All right. On this day in history. On this day in history, February fifth, nineteen seventy two. All right, might have been one of the closer on this day in history as we've had in a couple of weeks, but continuing our theme of talking about the FA Cup. So, in the fourth round of the FA Cup, a replay between Hereford United playing against Newcastle. Okay, <clears throat> all right. It was the first time in 23 years that a non-league side beat a first division side in the FA Cup. You know, they brought this up when. Um... Man City was down a goal in the FA Cup. I yep. want to say it was last week, yep. and um, it got it was starting to get late into the match there, and they brought this up. Yeah. So, and one of the reasons why this this match became famous was because um, there was a 
it, it, there was four minutes left in the game and and uh, in extra time, Ricky George hit a game winner. And then the famous, oh, what a goal, Radford, the scorer by Ronnie Radford. So Ronnie Radford uh, talked about that and he became famous for, for commentating games and things like that. So it was it was really cool. So that was, yeah, on this day in history, February 5th, 1972. So very exciting stuff. Fair play of the week. Dwayne, who do you have for your fair play of the week? Um, maybe give my fair play of the week, I guess, to U.S. soccer. Um, I saw a stat this week. Um, we have 54 American players playing in Europe right now. So trust the system, trust the pipeline. Players are getting exposed, exposure overseas. They're making moves overseas. So shout out to the Americans overseas. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was a picture that was floating around of like it was almost like a squad picture of everybody. It was it was a really cool picture. Um, Anthony, yeah. So uh, for my uh, fair play of the week, I'm just going to give a uh, shout out to all the volunteers that are handing out vaccines. Um, you're literally putting your life on the line, and almost all of them are volunteers. Um, so just thank you so much for everything that you're doing for uh, people like us that, that coach and work with kids and, and, you know, teach on the front lines, you know, it's just, um, thank you so much. It's been, keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. All right. My fair play of the week goes to the She Believes Cup for inviting Argentina to play in the She Believes Cup. Now, extremely disappointing because it's in Orlando uh, and I won't be able to go to an Argentina-Brazil women's game, which to me would be, yeah, just as good as going to an Argentina-Brazil men's game, which I haven't gone to either yet. But uh, So just looking forward to the idea that hopefully Argentina will at least draw one of the games. Um, if we can get a point out of Brazil, I'll be happy. Um, if And if we can't get it, if we you know don't get embarrassed by Canada or the U.S., I'll be even happier. So you're uh, projected to finish last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I I will not. I, I I think the Argentina national team has come a long way on the women's side, but there is absolutely zero chance of us. I mean, there might be a chance we beat Brazil, um, but zero chance we can. I mean, we might be able to score a goal against Canada. Zero chance we'll score against the U.S. Though, zero, zero chance. But well, good good luck one, with that. So one one can dream, right? One can dream. So at least one point out of nine, will I'll be happy. Um, so make sure you follow us on social media on facebook.com slash Delaware Union, on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer, on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. Anthony, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. This is hey, great. Dwayne, 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 and I just sometimes just get bored. We we need somebody else back. We need somebody else in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make as many as I can, guys. Perfect, perfect. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs>